22. This morning is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 22. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Thank you. Please be seated. You might be wondering why the scripture reading went all the way through, wives submit to your husbands. And the reason for that is very simple. Um, It's all part of the same sentence. Paul wrote it to the Ephesians, and from... um, I forget... Uh, Let your hearts, I think, be filled right through to women, submit to your husbands, is all one sentence. So that's why we read it to that. Um, In NIV, which we've just read, um, it breaks it into several different senses, but not there. But anyway, so that's why we read through there. Um, Today is part of... uh, part. is part four of a five-part sermon series that we built around the mission of the church. Week one was why we are all about Jesus. Week two was what it means to worship. Week three was a proclamation of the gospel. Next week will be devoted to what it means to have a passionate love for God and people. But this week is about where the presence of the Holy Spirit is felt where the presence of the Holy Spirit is felt. And the phrase we sometimes use in our conversation about the mission is spirit-led. We want to be spirit-led. We want to feel his presence. But the more I think about it, I wonder, do I want to be? Do I want to have the Spirit's presence? Elders, do you want to be spirit-led? Some people here say that we should be more intentional about inviting the Holy Spirit into our worship service. We should ask the Spirit to come, we say. We just say in the song, O breath of life, come sweeping through us. But the problem with asking for the Holy Spirit to come is that he might. They say, be careful what you pray for. You just might get it. If you pray it, the Holy Spirit may, in fact, come. So again, do we want the Holy Spirit's presence? Do we want to be led by him? Do you want him to sweep through us? Maybe? Maybe not. Um, I preached about the Holy Spirit before. I preached on who he is. He's a person. Jesus always refers to him as he, not it. He can be lied to, exalted, 
insulted or grieved. He speaks, he intercedes, he had knowledge, will, and a mind. So he's very much a person. I preach about his divinity, how frequently in the Bible he shows up side by side with the Father and the Son. I preach about what he does, the spiritual gifts. So I won't do all that here. But I'll simply make some observations, some drawn from Ephesians 5. Observation based not on who he is or what he's done, but around what he's like and what happens to us when he is present. So, first of all, something we all affirm in our minds, but I'm not sure that I and we understand what it looks like in practice. And the reason I caution us to be to ask for his presence is this. You can't control what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. You can't control it. You can't control him. You can't control God. You can't be on the owner's end of a leash, guiding the Holy Spirit here, but not there. Now, I know we know that, but do we? We want the Holy Spirit's presence here because we think we know what he will do. But we don't know what he'll do. We want the Holy Spirit's presence because we want to see people getting healed instantly. We want to hear and speak through someone and have everyone know that it is God speaking. And the more adventurous among us want to hear speaking in tongues and those tongues interpreted by someone. We want to feel the Spirit in how we praise. We want to feel the Spirit's passion. We want the stuff. I desire these things too, as long as he stops there. We want this place to be filled with the Spirit, but do we as persons want to be filled with the Spirit? Do we as a congregation want to be filled with the Spirit? What if the Holy Spirit of God deals with those inner parts of us? What if he deals with our pride, our fears, our sins? What if he doesn't heal, doesn't speak publicly until he has dealt with our unforgiveness? What if he says things that are difficult for us to hear? I'm not saying he does that. Remember, you can't control him. There's no way of saying what he will do first, whatever. But, but what if? He may call us to the difficult place of repentance. We want to be spirit-led, but he may lead us to places we're not prepared to go. You want the spirit, we want the spirit to be present, but he might not do what we expect him to do. I heard the saying this week that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And I think that's true. He will never force himself on people. But at the same time, he's often not gentle. He sometimes deals hardly with his people. But as it said of Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia, He's not tame, but he's good. But for all of that, all that I have just said, 
no matter how uncomfortable some of this stuff makes us, the truth is that anything the Holy Spirit requires of us is good for us. I'm going to say something kind of confusing, so we want to listen closely. Here it is. We might not want the Holy Spirit to come because we might not want the things that he wants. But we want to be the kind of people that wants what he wants. So we really do want him to come. Got it? Let me say that one more time. We might not want the Holy Spirit to come because we might not want what he wants. But we want to be the kind of people who do want what he wants. So we do want him to come. Maybe, maybe the fact that we can't control what happens when the Holy Spirit shows up is a good thing. Because he will make us enter some places that we have ignored or simply have not considered. To follow the Spirit is sometimes, often very hard, but it is always good. He always leads us forward. Do we want the stuff, healings, passion, etc.? Maybe, probably. Do we want all the stuff? Do we really want the Holy Spirit to sweep through us? At our home, we want uh, have the kids do some chores so we all keep the house clean. And one of those jobs is to vacuum. But we don't ask them to vacuum the whole house. Just their bedroom, sometimes the playroom, sometimes the main stairs. Are we ready to have the Holy Spirit have his way in all rooms? To sweep through us and not just sweep the spots that we think need attention. Do you really want Ephesians 5 to be fulfilled, be filled with the Spirit, it says? I hope so. I think so. But how do we get filled with the Holy Spirit? I mean, if we can't control him, how do we fulfill this command? Be filled with the Spirit. We can't make the Spirit fill us. So what can we do? I think there's only one thing that we can do. And this one thing is the closest we can come to making the Spirit fill us. One thing. Be all about Jesus. Seek the honor of Jesus. Heighten the reputation of Jesus in the world. Did you know that in the whole book of Acts, which relates the events of the first 30 years of the church, not once does anyone ask the Holy Spirit to come. Not once. But the book of Acts is permeated with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, some have suggested that a better name for the book is the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. Yet not once is the Holy Spirit invited to come, called upon to come. Not once in the whole New Testament. But as the Apostles fix their eyes on Jesus... They found that they were accompanied by and powered by the Holy Spirit. 
every time they proclaimed Jesus to a crowd or to a few in Jerusalem or across the Mediterranean world, whether to Jews or Gentiles, and disciples were made and church grew as people heard about and submitted to Jesus because of the work of the Holy Spirit. We can't do anything without the work of the Holy Spirit. But when the focus is all about Jesus, the Holy Spirit is all over that and jumps and goes to work. In truth, what the world needs to hear and know is that Jesus came to die for our sins, offer God's forgiveness, restore us to right standing with God. And when it comes to making that known and experiencing that reality, that's what the Holy Spirit does. So I don't think we need to ask for the Holy Spirit to come. It's certainly okay to ask that. I'm not saying we shouldn't. This morning, in several contacts, we invited the Holy Spirit to come, and that's fine. It was pointed out to me last week that it could sound to people as if I was saying that we shouldn't ask for forgiveness of our sins last week because they're all forgiven already. People might conclude that our sins don't matter, so we're free to sin as much as we want. No, our sins do matter, and that's what makes God's grace so amazing. It's my own personal practice to confess my sin, but not to ask God to forgive me as a reminder to myself that my sins are forgiven already. So we should ask for forgiveness. And here too, I'm not saying we should not ask for the presence and the power of the Spirit, but maybe the key to experiencing experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit is to not look for it, but to look to Jesus. Maybe the secret to experience the stuff is to consciously seek the glory of Jesus. Maybe the Holy Spirit is all about Jesus, and if we want him, then we need to be all about Jesus too. Maybe the secret to having this is to fix our eyes on that. Maybe it's Jesus that Holy Spirit wants us to pay attention to. It's my suspicion that the best way for our Sunday services and our ministries and our lives to be filled with the Spirit is not to pray, come Holy Spirit, but Jesus be glorified. So we can't control him. And he comes and we're all about Jesus. Now let's turn our attention to Ephesians chapter 5. And specifically to the two words, be filled. Be filled with the Spirit. Um, grammatically, the phrase, the, the phrase is put in the passive voice, not the active voice. That is, you are not the actor, but the receiver of the action. It's not fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't make the Holy Spirit do anything. You can't control him. The best thing that we can do is to make ourselves ready to receive. I think I shared not long ago the analogy of sleep. We cannot make ourselves go to sleep. Sleep is a gift. 
we can make ourselves ready to sleep. I read in bed for a few minutes every night until my eyes feel like they need to close. Then I turn off my lamp. I lay on my right side, my knees sort of pull up a little, my arm under my pillow, and I close my eyes. And at that point, I've done all I can do. And then I wait. Usually for just a few moments, but I wait. I wait for sleep to come. I don't make myself sleep. I don't say whenever I want, I'll sleep now and immediately sleep. Sleep is a gift that we can prepare ourselves to receive. But it's a gift. So will the Holy Spirit. We can do things to prevent his coming, just as there are things we can do to stay awake. Or we can ready ourselves for his coming by seeking Jesus above all. We can open ourselves to being filled. But the Spirit himself does the filling. And then also be filled is in the tense that implies a present but ongoing reality. It's not just a one-time event. Be filled, done, and then you're always filled and carry on. Be filled. And tomorrow, be filled. And in an hour, and next week, be filled. It's more like keep on being filled. Peter and the other followers of Jesus were filled with the Spirit. But later, when Peter was called to make a defense of its ministry before the leaders of the people, where God says, again, he was filled. Then again, when they prayed for boldness, they were filled with the Spirit. They needed to be filled with the Spirit on an ongoing basis. Being filled yesterday was no help today. They needed to be filled today. And tomorrow, they would need it again. Always be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Paul writes to Ephesians, be filled on an ongoing basis with the Holy Spirit of God. Being filled once for all was not good enough. Uh, shortly after this letter was written, Paul wrote a letter to Timothy in Ephesus, warning him against teachers that strayed from the gospel. And then 30 years later, in Revelation, we read that they have forgotten their first love. Somewhere along the way, they had stopped being open to the Holy Spirit. So Thornhill Baptist Church, keep on being filled with the Spirit. Never stop seeking to enhance the reputation of Christ in the world. Never stop being enamored with Jesus. Never stop being open to the work of the Holy Spirit as he testifies to Jesus in the world. And then finally, when the Holy Spirit comes, he changes our values. When the Holy Spirit comes, he changes our values. We live differently. I just said that in the new international uh, international version, which Josh read for us, it puts a full stop after verse 20. And verse 21 is a new sentence. Always giving thanks to the God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, period. 
new sentence, new paragraph, actually. Submit to one another out of his reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands. Paul did not put a period there. Verse 21 continues the sentence. Verse 22 continues that sentence. Here's the sentence. Verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And notice the ing words, addressing one another, singing, giving thanks. These are words all tied to the being filled with the Spirit. It's like saying to a marathon runner, run to win, persevering when exhausted, drinking when water is available, sprinting over the finish line. Persevering, drinking, sprinting are all tied to run to win. They're what it looks like to run to win. These are the things that you naturally do if you want to run to win. And here too, being filled with the Spirit looks like addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and forget everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Dressing, singing, giving thanks, submitting to one another. These are what being filled with the Spirit looks like. And want to pay particular attention to submitting. Submission to one another is evidence of the fact that we are filled with the Spirit. The word for submitted is quite literary. Eve, you know what the word for submitted is in English? It means to stand under. To stand under. To be filled with the Spirit is for us to stand under one another. And then Paul gives three examples to illustrate what being filled looks like. So it's not just women. End a sentence, but it begins a whole new section. And Paul gives three examples from the dominant facet of Greco-Roman culture, male-dominated culture. The father figure in this culture was absolute in his rights. His rights over wives, over children, over household slaves. So... One way in which submission among God's people was practiced was for wives to stand under their husbands, to order their lives under the authority of their husbands. Children were to obey their parents. Slaves were to submit by working hard as if they were working for the Lord. And any father figure who read this would say, that's the way it should be. But Paul takes it further and upends the value system of his day. Husbands, he says, submission is for you too. You too, not only for your wives. You are to love your wives even to the point of giving yourself as Christ did for the church. You love her to that extent. 
You stand under her. And you stand under your kids. Not to throw your weight around as an authority figure, but to train them up in the ways of the Lord. In other words, invest your time in them. Stand under them. And one more thing, stand under even your slaves. Relating to them, doing the will of God who loves them every bit as much as he loves you. Stand under them. Paul takes a value system that was a foundation of the culture in which he lived, and he turns it over. And this, he says, is what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. Back in verse 15, in which Paul prefaces this whole paragraph, he says, Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Led by the Spirit. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Are our days evil? When each person gets to decide for himself what truth is, where everything is tolerated except God, where ungodly behavior and values are uh, actively encouraged, how are we to stand? How can we make the best use of our time? How can we live wisely, not unwisely? By being filled with the Spirit and letting His value shape us. Do you think our culture would be less evil if it would fundamentally change our world if husbands and wives would stand under one another? would always act in the best interest of each other? Would would we be different if parents and children would stand under one another and treat each other with respect and dignity? Would Canada be different if employers and employees would stand under each other, seeking what was best for each other. Would that make a difference? Would Canada be different if we all did that? Be filled with the Spirit. How will we know if we are filled? If we have passion? If we see healing? If we stand under one another? If we submit to one another. Be filled with the Spirit. Yes, sing with passion. Yes, seek and pray for healing. But also, be willing to be different. Be willing to have your sins, your fears, your flaws addressed by the Holy Spirit. Be willing to, again, stand under one another out of reverence for Christ. It is all about Jesus. And be ready to move in ways that you can't, sorry, be ready to see God move in ways that you cannot control, in ways you did not anticipate, in ways that will make our church and ourselves alive. If we do that, 
then the presence of the Holy Spirit will be felt. You and others who come will know that there is something different when we come together. Not because the Spirit is in this place, but because the Spirit is in you. Together, individually, but the Spirit is in us. Holy Spirit, sweep through us. Jesus, be glorified. Spirit, fill us. And you, the people of Thornhill Baptist Church, be filled with the Spirit on an ongoing basis. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we address all of you. Father, to whom we all praise, Jesus, on whom is all our attention, and Spirit, by whom we are empowered. All three of you, all one of you, have your way with us. And yes, Holy Spirit, please come and give us your presence and your power so that Christ may be honored in us. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.